Hey Warriors, this is Amy. And this is Sarah, and you're listening to the Unqualified Therapist Inc. This is our fourth take. Fourth take, I think. Could be um, the fifth. Could be know. the fifth. And we know this is your first time, so welcome. But these ghosts do not want us to have this podcast episode done. <laughs> no. Because we have gone through two computers. Our mic is acting wild. And just any and everything that could happen on a computer that's never happened before. Right. Has yes. happened to allow, not allow this to happen as on time as we expected. So... We're sorry. We're just a little frazzled, but we're Very gonna, frazzled. we're going to try this again, and hopefully, we get <laughs> to finish our interview. Oh my god! So we're going to introduce Rochelle for the fourth time. So we are so sorry. We're gonna, <laughs> she has been such a great sport. Yeah, she is a coworker of also, Amy's. Also, be used to this too. Though. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, great sport. Coworker of Amy's. She's an art teacher, which is fucking rad to begin with. Yeah. With a side dish of paranormal uh, investigator. So we're here to talk to her about um, her paranormal investigations. And I'm, I'm just super curious. I, I don't know anything right now. And so I'm coming in just like you guys without any background. So I'm excited to learn with you. Yeah. Besides watching shows on whatever channel that was. Yes. <laughs> the so welcome. Channel, the travel <laughs> channel. That's it. Yeah. Well, welcome, Rochelle. Thank you for Again. having me. <laughs> thank you so for much for your time. patience. I know. Thank you for yeah. your patience. Um, you can't ever um, estimate what's going to happen or judge with electronics and paranormal. So Wow. wow. This is bananas. <laughs> it is bananas. bananas. It is. And if we hear things on the recording back, that's bigger bananas. Yeah. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if you catch some voice that isn't ours. Oh so my. we'll see. Listen, listen closely. <laughs> wow. If, if anybody hears anything that we don't make sure you, you isolate it and send it to us so we can <laughs> listen to it. Cause it might have some message to us. Maybe it does. You girls. <laughs> no, <laughs> get out of the closet. Get out. <laughs> so Rochelle, tell our listeners, since I know, <laughs> tell our listeners why you became interested in paranormal activity and eventually became a paranormal investigator. Uh, I think it's something that I've been really intrigued by and attracted to all my life. I think partly a huge reason is because of my culture, being Mexican and native, and it's um, a very spiritual culture. And you believe in a lot of spirits and your ancestors and everything is very meaningful and has a purpose. So I think it partly has to do with that. And I I feel like ever since I was little, uh, even when... I, I would be in my room when I was little and I'd hear my mom yell up to me and I'd run down the stairs and say, yeah, mom, what do you need? And she'd say, well, I didn't call you. And and so wow. I was always hearing my name being called and, and um, hearing footsteps up the stairs into my bedroom. And it, it was kind of just a, a whole thing of, of seeing and experiencing and being a little bit more sensitive to things that really makes you want to figure out what goes on in the afterlife. And then um, as I got older, it was more of the means of meeting another um, people that are in, into it as well. And so right. I joined Steel City Paranormal Society, which is our ghost investigating team. 
and Danielle and Jim Morris founded the team several years ago. And so I've been investigating with them for a few years and we really just go all over the place and to all these haunted locations and spend our nights in some creepy, dark, dilapidated. I, I can't imagine sleeping. Um, like, no, I wouldn't yeah. sleep. There's no way I'd sleep. Some do you actually fall asleep? Sometimes we sleep there. Sometimes we do not. Sometimes we'll leave and drive home if it's closer, but some of the places we have slept there. Oh, and, and you've and, fallen asleep. Yes. Like yeah. peacefully. Like you're like, huh. I, w- I would, I definitely wouldn't say peacefully. No. Okay. <laughs> it's like a one eye open sleep. Oh my God. Tell yeah. us a little bit about what that means to be a paranormal investigator. What would you do if you found a haunted, not found, but like you picked a haunted location and you went to investigate and what are you looking for? I guess. Also. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the locations that we do go to are, reputable to be very haunted, very active locations. A lot of them uh, have a lot of energy and history in the buildings, whether it's hospitals or any type of insane asylums, prisons, anything Mm -hmm. like that. So a lot of them already have that reputable history. So then, uh, and there's actually a big industry of paranormal investigating that you can book private investigations and go to these locations. Wow. Well, our team, yeah, it's, it's it's a whole industry, I'm telling you. If you ever want to get into it, just get a haunted location. And oh my gosh, <laughs> just head on in. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on in, paranormal investigators. Yeah, so we end up booking, we usually do private investigations with just our team. And we have a smaller team because we like to keep it smaller so that we can... Um, it's just less bias and we can figure out what's going on and it's just easier to investigate that way. I was going to say, do each of you have like a specific role? Yeah. And I think that is kind of more natural that um, like um, some of the team members, we tend to see things more Mm. than some of the other team members tend tend to be more uh, technology savvy. And obviously you really need that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, I would be like, I don't know what's happening. Fix yeah. it. <laughs> so we do all kind of bring our our own role and our, our careers play a part in that too because, you know, it, you can be dealing with child spirits and ah. you can have, be more geared towards, you know, working with kids and, yeah. and um, sometimes just being male or female helps mm-hmm. certain spirits become more responsive. And, and so we all do kind of bring our own little part to the team, which is why it's nice to have yeah. a team and be able to ha- have kind of have all those areas covered. That's so cool. So you yeah. walk in and you're like, come on, spirits. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You walk in and what? Okay. So I think it depends on the place because if it is super active, a super active night, you can just walk in and see stuff, hear stuff, experience stuff right away. Okay. But when you do go into any location, you kind of want to be able to figure out who is there, what you're trying, what you're dealing with, the the feel of the bu- building and the energy, and you want to try to be able to start asking questions and getting experiences, just so that you can try to figure out who is there and what their story is. So when you're in there, do you feel scared, or are you like, come on, talk to me, or just in the middle of <laughs> or that somewhere? In the middle. <laughs> 
Um, I would say it's a little bit crazy, but definitely walking into a place and wanting everything to happen. Yeah. Every type of experience. I want to see something. I want to hear something. I want to feel something. And, and when you are in those locations, it can be a very quiet night or it can be a very active night. And we have been on investigations where it is so active and everything is responding immediately and things are happening all night. And then in that case, you don't need to do a whole lot of provoking or trying to get the spirits to communicate. Mm-hmm. It just it just is happening. But we've also been on locations where it has been a really quiet night. And I never want to dismiss the location because of that, because it, it sometimes it just depends on the night. What in that, that case, you do kind of have to do a little bit more of trying to relate to the spirits or whatever time frame they used to be in to be able to get them to respond to you a little bit more. Ooh, tell us more about that. <laughs> That's what we both looked at. We're like, Ooh. time frame they used to be in. Tell well, us, tell us. So one of my favorite places is Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky. And Ooh. that was, yeah, it's one of my favorites. So that was a former tuberculosis hospital that they opened in the, back when the pandemic hit. And that the 1919 one <laughs> yeah like 1910s maybe. Or 1910 or yeah whenever that was something like that 1920s yeah. i don't know <laughs> but uh that location as soon as you walk in you know that there's so much history and energy in the building and when you're thinking about energy you know that a building that has had so many deaths and so much disease and so just so active whenever it was active, you have to think that that energy is kind of imprinted into the building. Yeah. Ooh. So sometimes whenever you are walking into a location like that, where you think of back in the 1910s or 1920s, Mm -hmm. whenever that was the most active, you kind of have to think that some of those spirits or the energy in the building is kind of stuck in that time frame from whenever uh, it was active back then. Hmm. So they can be seeing you and thinking, well, you know, they might not um, see you on the same level or recognize you from what you're wearing or what you're using because they're not used to that time period. They can be um, kind of still stuck in the past like that. So then you're almost scaring them. Yeah, I think sometimes it is that way because we've we've actually um, we every location we go to, we typically ask the question. uh, Sometimes we see you as shadows but how do you see us? Mm. And ah. they oftentimes respond with the word shadows. They see us as shadows. Whoa. Whoa. That's but that weird. does get me thinking maybe they are scared of us just like we would be scared of them. Or maybe they are seeing us on a different plane or different um, abilities. Like they see us as shadows. We see them as shadows. So it's almost, it, it's like disconnected in between. Wow what I think is, and it's, I think we're just kind of living on different planes, just different dimensions kind of, but in the same space. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. That's, I don't know. Whoa. That (laughs) blows my mind. Yeah, it does. And I do think that there is some type of an ability to be able to enter and exit those planes. So, and, and it does kind of get involved with religious beliefs too, which we all have our own, but. So meaning uh, if you don't, believe in it you won't see it or you won't well meaning everybody kind of has different beliefs on 
when somebody passes, do they go mm. to heaven? Are they stuck in between? I think a lot of people think that if a place, if somebody passes away in a building, they're stuck there. If they're mm. still having paranormal experiences, that person is stuck there. But it might just be their energy in the building and not specifically them stuck. So you're so saying a lot of people think that um, like like if, if they go to heaven, they shouldn't be able to come back to visit us because I, I think it really just depends on the person's religious belief on where they think somebody goes. But after. what does that depend on with you being in a location? Do you think it depends on that person who's passed their religious beliefs at all? No, I think it I think just everybody can look at that and think of that based off of their own opinions. I views. see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying that you feel that it's possible that you could feel the energy of some of a spirit in a building. And at the same time, they could also like, I don't know, through a medium from up above, have a conversation. So they can be almost the two spaces at the same time. Yeah, I do. I personally, I do believe that kind of their soul or their spirit goes somewhere but they can still have their energy in a place or okay. a location or attached to an item so i, I do that. think that there is a difference between a person's soul going to where they right. need to be in the afterlife but right. still their energy being attached to something or them being able to come and visit i do think that they are able to um, come visit come talk to us and so, interact with people that are open to talking to them. Like my medium put it this way that she has to bring like her vibrations up and energy up and then they have to lower theirs yeah. in order to communicate with, with someone on earth. Is that and I completely believe that because I do think it's like finding that middle ground mm -hmm. that you can communicate with them. Yeah. And I think doing paranormal investigating, they do have their energy or even that attachment to location. So we are kind of going in and trying to meet them on that middle ground mm -hmm. to be able to see them, communicate with them, for them to use our and manipulate our equipment. So it ah. is very much related to be able to kind of find that middle ground of being able to communicate to an intelligent spirit. Can you tell us about the equipment? Yes. I yeah. know you've told me a little um, bit, but I still don't understand. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> There's so many different types of equipment now. I feel like well, I lately, think I only knew about the one thing, the box thing. I, I've like. only heard of an EVP. That's it. <laughs> but I can't okay. even tell you what that stands for. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many different types of equipment now. I feel like, um, again, that paranormal industry, there's a lot of uh, companies that are producing, creating these really cool types of equipment in order to better communicate with spirits and some of the equipment that our team uses. And I think my number one type of equipment is just a basic handheld recorder. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite. It's just a recorder. So the recorder is how you catch EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomenon. Ah, I thought it was a piece of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, it's close, but no, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. You don't have to make me feel good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but so a lot of times you go into these locations and you just turn your recorder on and you can have these um, EVP sessions where you just ask questions 
or try to talk to the spirits and you leave some time in between. And whenever you, you are recording your voice, you might not hear anything with your ear, but whenever you play back what you recorded on the handheld recorder, mm-hmm. you might hear a voice or hear somebody answer your question because it's a whole, a whole nother frequency that they can kind of manipulate right. the frequency to be able to respond to you. Wow. And we have gotten some, that's my personal favorite because when you do hear an EVP recording, you can kind of tell whether it's a male or a female, you right. can hear their tone, you can kind of tell expression and feelings and emotions through it. And it, it kind of just makes them more um, real, just like us right. here every day. Right. So what and are some things that you've heard? Do you have like some things that you remember? Yeah, so I actually keep a notebook. Oh, and yes. I write awesome. everything yes. down. So I'll just sit in my house while I'm doing something and, and listen to it play back. And I write down everything that is some type of an anomaly that wasn't there. Or we didn't hear with our ears. And we've heard everything from footsteps to women crying, oh. um, a woman laughing, singing. We've oh. heard little kids speak and say things. Um, we've heard um, I've, entire conversations at With Waverly Hills Sanitari- Sanatorium. I heard um, on the fifth floor, which was the children's ward, I caught an entire conversation. It was about three sentences long. Oh, my gosh. Crystal clear, which a lot of times you might hear like one word or yes or no. But to hear three full sentences is a really amazing what were they saying? With, I was just going to say, do you remember what those three sentences were? Uh, let me think. It was so it sounded almost like it was through um, like um, an intercom, mm. which if you think oh. they probably did use those back then. Yeah. yeah. And um, it said, I'll be right here. You're doing a good job. Oh. It was just very encouraging. Like it was almost like what they would have said working back then. Like, right. Like, yeah. a, I'll be like right a here. training person yeah. or something. Yeah. Like you're doing a good job. Thank you. And, and um, oh. it was a very good catch because it was just back to back to back talking that we were sitting there and think about it whenever you're investigating, you're sitting in a building. It's definitely not a functioning location. And so uh, whenever you're in these places, it's pitch black. You can't see much at all. And you're sitting there and you can hear everything crystal clear. And just to be sitting there, you're not hearing anything with your ear and to play it back, you're recording and hear something so crystal clear in the recording. Yeah. It's has, definitely has, one of my favorite types of equipment to use. Have they ever spoken directly to you rather than you just like catching something? Yeah, they do speak directly to you. They directly answer your questions. They've called us by our names. What? Whoa. Uh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> you and have we also use like, another type of equipment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Greetings, like, Rochelle. Oh, hey, I know you. <laughs> I know you, Rochelle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we also use another type of equipment called a spirit box. Yes, I've and heard of that. Yeah, that's that's very popular now. And there's a couple different kinds. There's more older versions that just kind of flips through a bunch of AM FM channels. And then there's newer versions that uses a software with a word bank. And they actually reverse the words going through the frequencies so that you can um, 
the spirit would actually have to pick a voice, pick the words to say oh my gosh, and reverse it to come through to be able to speak. Whoa. And in that way, uh, it really makes it so that, you know, it's a spirit coming through and communicating because they yeah. have to do all of those steps to be right. able to speak. And that's another uh, thing that we love to use a piece of equipment because you get even more interaction and com communication than the recorder because it's constantly running so that they can right. use it. And on those responses, we've gotten some really good responses with um, them calling us by our names and answering all of our questions. Um, what kind of questions of do you member, ask? Sorry. It can be anything. A lot of the times we want to ask questions to validate that they can respond to us. Okay. So it might be a simple question to start off, like, uh, what color is my hair? Who is mm -hmm. the president? Uh, and one one time our team member asked that it came through. They were at Prospect Place. I didn't get to go to that one. But when he asked that question, it came through Lincoln, Abraham. <gasps> Whoa. And that was back. That place was around back when he would have been the president. So, oh, my gosh. Um, and sometimes, so you just want to want that little easy question answered so you know that they are an intelligent spirit communicating mm -hmm. to you. But a lot of the times when we are asking things or communicating through the spirit box, it's basically trying to ask questions to figure out who is there, yeah. what, what spirits are there, um, if it's any of the historic people that used to live in the place, the location, um, and then trying to figure out what their story is. Because I was going to say, do you remember anybody's story? That's fascinating to me. Like, has anyone come out and told you kind of like, what their story is, how they got there, what happened? Yeah, I think um, one location in particular really, uh, really stuck with me as by the story of it because um, it's it's Madison Seminary, which is in Madison, Ohio. Okay. And that place has a lot of history just in general. Half of the building, like one side of the building used to be a location where Civil War widows would live. Oh, their husband would leave and go to war, pass away, and they would have nothing left. So they would go stay in this location and oh. basically live in apartments and things yeah. like that with other widows. And they added on to the a separate part of the building that became a school for boys. And on the very top floor of that building was a women's insane asylum. What a and, lot of things in one like, building. Jeez, yeah, right. Yeah, it was, it, there's a lot of history. And and every location we go to, the, the just the history is so amazing that, you know, we could talk for hours about it. But I could be like, um, you know what? You know what this building is missing? A coffee shop. Let's just add a little, <laughs> just at the bottom. So like, if you were in that particular building, would, yeah. would you have heard the story of someone from one of those areas? Yeah, so... A lot of the times those places, we will get a little bit of prehistory with tours and, and the people that have done the research on the buildings. And so when we went there, obviously we knew that it was a women's insane asylum on the, the top floor. And just by having that knowledge, we were able to communicate through the um, spirit box to be able to get some some not so great negative news of of what they did to the women kind of bringing oh. them down 
into the basement and and we we did get we don't I can't confirm that that happened but you do kind of get the story through the spirit box because when asked we said we were in a room in the basement and said what do you use this use this room for and it came through the women mm. oh, and man. so we were asking what um what they used it for and where were the women from and the response was the asylum uh, and so you kind of get bits and pieces yeah. like that. Uh, that's one example, but mm-hmm. you can also get uh, more of the story of their life, uh, talking about some of the things that whenever you know who was in that location from the history and, and the historical records, yeah, you can yeah. kind of just try it. It's basically just like having a conversation with somebody. What you would ask somebody to get to know them um, what you would ask about the memorable parts of their life. Basically, you want to know their story because it, it can get lost. Right. Or yeah. the records can even be wrong. Right. Yeah. And I, I always imagine um, people telling my story for me mm. and thinking it could be wrong. It could be right. not, yeah. not accurate at all. And so you just want to be able to help them and, and hear things from them. Have you ever had any spirit ask for help, like to say like, you, I want to cross over or I need help. And have you done, have you pulled in any kind of medium or anything to help with that? Um, We usually don't do any type of crossing over just because basically we're not experts on that. I'm Mm -hmm. not an expert on that. And I do feel like that should be reserved for people that are very knowledgeable and able to do that. Because I think sometimes whenever you're opening doors and not able to close them mm-hmm, is whenever mm-hmm. you do end up in these situations with yeah. negative activity or yeah. things that are there that shouldn't be any mm-hmm. type of spirits that are brought to a location. So mm-hmm. I do think that you you definitely have to have a whole another level of expertise on that. That's and terrifying. I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I it is some type of moral responsibility too, because if if I know that I can't do that myself, I, I wouldn't even attempt it. Right. Because yeah. there could be repercussions with what you invite or open or don't close. So do you <laughs> have a scariest moment? Yeah. I I have a couple of scariest mo- moments and lay it uh, on us. We want to yeah, hear them. Let me, <laughs> I think it takes, it takes a lot to really scare me, but one of my scariest moments we were at the Bel Air house, which is a house in Bel Air, Ohio. It sits right on the Ohio River. And we've investigated there a lot of times. We were in the attic. And in the attic, there's a crawl space with a short door. And that door was open. And we were sitting about 10 feet to the right of that door. And there was a couch there that we were sitting on. We were just listening, asking questions doing our usual thing. And there was about five of us sitting on that couch. There was um, another chair too that we were sitting in. And as we were sitting there, we kept hearing scratching in that crawl space. Oh dear God. (laughs) And I'll tell you why that's a little bit crazy after, but so we're sitting there hearing the scratching and, and it just kept getting louder and louder and we heard it more. And we're still sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. And then, Immediately, we heard something crawl out of the crawl. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I know this sounds 
sounds crazy, but the, oh the best way to describe it is it was crawling, dragging, shimmying, oh my God. scratching. Oh my God, I have chills all over my entire body right now. <laughs> and it came from, you could hear it moving from that crawl space all the way over to us and right under us. Nope, 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 nope. And nope. so Sarah's never going with you. <laughs> now, I'm not one, like, like your fight or flight definitely kicks in. Yeah. yeah. Especially, like, that is, if anything that is a, approaching you, rushing <laughs> towards you, your flight, like, you're gone. You just want to go. And so when that happened, we could hear it, but we couldn't see anything. It was It was really dark up there. And as soon as it kind of got underneath of us, Mm-mm. I jumped up. I screamed, Mm-mm. which I don't do that often. And I jumped up and kind of went to my left a little bit. And the weird part is there was there was somebody. I was the second person closest to the crawl space. There was somebody beside me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she reacted like I did, but a little bit slower. And so I kind of pushed her out of the way. Like, You're too slow. Get out of the way. <laughs> and then um, the person beside me to the left, she could hear it. And then the fourth person could not hear it. <gasps> what? Whoa. So it was the three of us closest to that crawl space. And so I just, my body reacted. I screamed. I stood up and kind of went a little bit to the left. And then we were just cracking up about it because it was hysterical. <laughs> oh, I'm so moment. glad you found it funny. I'd be like, get yeah. me out of here. Did you, did you record, did anything come through on the recordings yeah. of those so that night? Luckily, thankfully, uh, our tech guy, Jim, he re- set up all of the, the cameras. It was pointed straight at us. And this video is on our Facebook page, Steel City Paranormal Society. Oh, we're, oh, we're so checking that out. Steel, C- so, Steel City Paranormal Society. Yeah. Society. Okay. So when you watch it, and we immediately wanted to watch it, you can hear it. You can hear <gasps> the thing crawling, scurrying. It almost sounds like, like something with claws. <laughs> and so immediately you think animal. It's an animal. But whenever you watch the video, there is nothing in the video. There's no, and those are cameras with IR lights. It would pick up some type of an animal if it was an animal. It would pick up the reflection of the eyes or something. Right. And there is nothing. You can hear it, but you cannot see anything. And you see us reacting. (laughs) Oh, dear. So I think I would have noped the hell out of there. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I mean, you're fight or flight. Like you yeah. want to just take off, and you kind of have to stop yourself. But that so do was you know what that was. My scariest. We don't know. And what's crazy is there's been a couple different mediums in that building that have come through that building, and a lot of them all said something similar about that crawl space. And it was hmm. something along the lines of there's some type of um, a spirit in there that kind of resembles a girl with really long hair and really long nails. Nope. But oh she never, my God. But she never really comes out of the crawl space. I, I don't, I'm not nope. even Mm-mm. sure of the specifics of that one, but Mm-mm. Mm-mm. it was, it was definitely my scariest moment. The in ring girl. Probably- that's what I was thinking. The immediate thing. I was like, that's like the girl from the ring. No, thank you. <laughs> That's exactly what I picture. Cra- yeah. Anything crawling is just, that's just not, not my jam. I can't do it. I, mean, no, I don't want you running at me either. No, but I would rather you run than crawl at me. Yeah. Right? Yes. 
<laughs> I would rather you float than crawl at me. <laughs> well, now I know. <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely a scary moment, which was probably the funniest moment as well. But, um, I think too, any, we've been in situations where there's been footsteps kind of rushing at you. And that is always very terrifying to your your fight or flight kicks right. into. That's always m- kind of my instinct to want to run away from it. And so there are situations where you'll be standing in a hallway, very dark hallway, and all of a sudden you hear scurrying or running up close to you. <laughs> um, one time we heard that and also immediately saw a shadow rushing towards us with sh- a shadow figure. How are you still alive? Because I would have had a stroke and died. So (laughs) there's no way I would not be here talking to us right now. I would, I would, they would be like, she died. This is, this is fear. (laughs) This this is why you don't do that. No, I don't. This is is not my side. Yeah. You definitely, one of the requirements is you have to be able to go into a location like that and not have a stroke. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. You are not allowed to be part of this club. (laughs) I just can't even imagine being like, See, but I'm those. I'm that type of person that would be like, "Yes, come on, I want to hear and something." Then it happens. Talk to me, talk to me, and then they would talk to me, and I'd be like, ah! <laughs> "Don't talk to me. What the hell?" <laughs> I mean, it's definitely intriguing as it's happening, but I think you really have to kind of separate your mind from the scary part of it. Mm-hmm. I think you have to remember that the the whole different realm thing. They right. they're in their own world. Yeah, um, especially when you know it's an intelligent spirit, meaning they can communicate back to you. It's right. not just residual energy happening. But when you look at it that way, you kind of have to remove yourself from the scary part of it and not get in your head for, you know, what could happen or what is terrifying oh. and just kind so, of thinking it about it on a different level. Yeah. And I guess you'd have to just remember, like, these are people, too. Yeah. They're just not yes. people that are in the same dimension. So, yeah. Be kind, because they're probably just as scared of us. Do you feel like the people who you encounter are all just residual energy, or are some of them like their actual soul and spirit? You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that we do encounter both. Okay. So there is uh, residual energy where that, if you think about scientifically, which a lot of scientific people tend to not believe in the paranormal, but thinking scientifically uh the fact is that energy can be created mm-hmm, but right. it cannot be destroyed mm-hmm. so uh, us walking around we're constantly creating this energy and it's almost being imprinted everywhere we go it's it's imprinted in our house where we work uh, with our loved ones mm-hmm. things that we use constantly so that type of energy can be trapped or imprinted into a location. So let's say if um, we go to Waverly Hills Sanatorium and you can hear almost like medicine carts being pushed down the hallway. Wow. Um, So they're not actually there. It's just the the residual energy of the fact that those used to be pushed back and forth all the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We were at Hillview Manor, which is in Newcastle, PA. And that is, it was a poor farm. And then they changed it into like a long-term care hospital. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the sound of the curtains being drawn around oh, hospital wow. bed. 
and um, it and and so that to me is always residual energy. Okay, it's it's almost like things playing on a recording or on mm-hmm. repeat, things that would always happen in a location, frequently. Uh, think about footsteps can be residual energy, mm-hmm. cabinets opening and closing, doors opening and shutting can all be energy. But when you're getting a word through the box or something of that nature, you feel that that is a soul. Yeah. Anytime that you are getting responses from um, words, direct responses through the box, through an EVP, if you're getting your equipment being manipulated and the alarms going off on the equipment, um, if they're physically touching you, which that happens. What? (laughs) What? Anything Hold like that. <laughs> She's not going to let you like Wait. just gloss over that. No, mm-hmm. rewind. <laughs> well, well, hold on. I will get back to that. But but those would be more of um, intellectual spirits, mm-hmm. the souls. Yeah. So do you feel that and those people are stuck? I don't. I, I personally are they don't. they there by choice? I, I, I mean, I don't really know the answer to that. But I'm my just curious of your opinion. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. My personal opinion from what we've. Um, heard on the box and experiences, mm-hmm. I do think that they can travel between whatever location they're in to come respond to us or interact with us and or go mess back. with you. Yeah, or mess with you, touch you, no, and come back or go back to where they were. Okay. Or okay. I do think that maybe makes sense they to me. Can, maybe they can be stuck in a location. Yeah. And they do need help being crossed over. Or that does make sense that they could come back and forth too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it kind of depends on the situation where they might need to be crossed over. They might be choosing to come. Mm -hmm. I I think it just depends on the situation. We have to hear about this. Yeah. Tell tell me about this because I can't stop thinking about a spirit just like touching me. I would be like, I do not consent. No, (laughs) no consent. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't think that they ever really get a memo of no no but i'm gonna be consenting. you know what i am intent on haunting someone's ass i don't know who it is so you better be nice to me uh, <laughs> it's gonna happen oh, man. <laughs> it's gonna happen i just am I'm intent on it so i'm i'm gonna be that ghost though that comes to your ear and be like do you consent to me touching you? <laughs> And when she says no, you just touch I'll her like, anyways. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, there's been multiple times where myself and my team members. Multiple. Have, multiple times cool. have been touched in some way or the other. It's never been inappropriate. I'll say that. It's but just like a, it's just like a touch on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you experience it, there's no way to put into words what it's like to be so it's, in a dark So it's location. not like a human, it's not like a human touch. It, it feels, feels different. like a, it, oh, it feels does. the <gasps> same. Yeah. So, uh, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having these reactions. I'm okay. having physical reactions. Like okay, I have so just imagine you're Ooh. sitting in a location in the dark talking to these spirits and you're sitting there and all of a sudden somebody puts their hand on your back. Nope. Just kind of like put some pressure. Nope. Mm-mm. And there's nothing there. You know, it's not your teammate because you know, you're in a room with mm-hmm. two other people and you can see that it's not them. And do you ever <laughs> say to them, like, what do you want from like, can I help you? And yeah. then talk back to you in the box or something of that nature? Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I can feel you touching me. What, 
what do you need? What what can we help you with? Um, so what do we've they been say? lightly grazed. Uh, sometimes they respond and sometimes sometimes they don't. But respond just, with what? Nothing or I just want to touch you. I yeah, they. <laughs> I, they I don't think. Okay, so here's one example. We were at Hillview Manor again in Newcastle, and the one hallway, one somebody that was investigating with us, uh, he heard the footsteps kind of rush up to him, and immediately he got scratched on his neck. <gasps> and mm, we no. ended up going back a couple months later, went into the same hallway, and asked the spirits, "What did you do to our the person investigating with us?" And it came through on the box, scratched neck. <gasps> and so they, they remember you. you. They definitely remember you. The intelli- and that's how you know it's an intelligent spirit. They remember you. And so they do acknowledge the fact that they touch you in some way or the other. But talking about those dimensions, I think a lot of times people can be scratched or shoved or maybe touched a little bit too hard. And they immediately think that something is negative. It could be a negative spirit. What would you say that is then? I think maybe some cases it is. It definitely is negative. But at the same time, talking about that middle ground that they have to meet us and we have to meet them. They might be trying to get our attention, but they had to do it a little bit harder Mm -hmm. than normal to kind of pass that middle ground and be able to manifest to touch us. Yeah. So it might come across as being harder or more forceful or a scratch. And that wasn't their intention. It's just that what that's what they had to do to be able to touch us or, you know, you get your hair pulled um, or your hair can kind of get tugged. Um, um, your shirt can be tugged on. Um, it, it's really been a bunch of different things. Um, so have you had any experiences outside of being with the group like in recent time since you've been doing this and not a like reputable haunted place. You know what I mean? Like, like has anything come home with you (laughs) or or I really want to be like, is anything at work or is anything at work? Like, do you, I do. I do think that they are around us constantly. It doesn't matter where you are. I think we all have a certain level of sensitivity. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. some people are really closed off to anything that is beyond what is perfectly clear in front of them. Right, right. And I do think that there are a lot of people that might not be mediums, but are definitely more susceptible Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. seeing, hearing, feeling things. And talking about empaths like you guys did. Uh, you you can walk into a location and feel the emotions that were there or have yeah. been there. And it doesn't have to just be a haunted location. I mean, you can you can be at work and maybe you just notice something out of the norm or something that might happen that uh, is a little bit different from what we experience daily. And it Ooh. really just depends on sensitivity of the person, so of, I have- of each individual. A story for you that I don't think I've told you after I did the, uh, my team and I did the visual for Sue. Yeah. And we came back to my room on my backboard, right behind my desk. There was like a circle on the ground and it was one of the letters and I picked it up and it was an S. Do you think? Yeah. I thought right away. I mean, how, okay. So how else would, how else would she be able to get your attention? I to know. say this is this is me or um, 
think about if you if you just wanted to come let's say when it's your time you just want to come back and just let your daughter or son know that it is yeah. you yeah what would be a very obvious way of being able to do that i mean it might isn't it interesting though how letter. i mean immediately when i saw it i thought oh my god she saw she's here she knows like that we care and love her and then how quickly our brains switched to like, you're nuts. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be thinking that. Like that just fell from gravity, you know? No. But and I knew I in my heart it was her. Yeah. Because I think a lot of logical people dismiss it. They would yeah. dismiss that that is a sign. Yeah. And I think if you are open to things and realizing that, it, isn't that the ultimate goal is wanting to know that yeah. your loved one yeah. passes <laughs> away and goes somewhere or is still with you, right. still checking in on you? Yeah. Uh, you want to know that. So yeah. I, I do think we as individuals have to be open and receptive to it. And bottom line, this universe, we are so, so small. So small. On yeah. the scale. Oh, my God. That's our universe. My new people of, don't even realize how tiny we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I always look at it as who are we to judge or mm -hmm. decide what does or doesn't exist Agreed. in so yeah. many different uh, facets. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I actually said that to my son the other day. I said it would be awfully arrogant of us to think that we are alone in this universe. Mm -hmm. Yes. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So I have a story. If okay. it's okay. Yeah. And I just want your feelings now that we're talking about intelligent spirits and you're talking about residual energy. I'm kind of curious mm -hmm. to know what this would have been. So I lost both my brother and my father. They actually, so when my brother was a tragic death. So his was a sudden tragic death. His was a car accident. And then my father's was about 20 years later and his was a, an illness. A chronic, uh, he had cancer. So he passed away from cancer, but he passed away in our house. So when he started to get really sick, he moved into what was my brother's room. So we call that the dead room in my house Oh my God! <laughs> because it was my brother's room first, then yeah. it was my dad's and you know, all that good stuff. Anyway, my brother, I've never seen my dad. I've never felt my dad at all, which is heartbreaking to me because he was like my on a pedestal, mm -hmm. you know, like that's, I was his little girl. Like that was, he and I had a very, very tight bond. My brother, you know, is my brother. Siblings mm -hmm. fight, they argue, whatever. Um, and he was 10 years older than me. So there was like a big age gap right. and all that good stuff. So he died in the car accident. And about, I want to say like six months later, I was in the shower that he, he and I shared a bathroom. I was in the shower. We had these like 1970s shower curtains that were, they were like solid plastic, but they kind of puffed out. And then there was like these metal rods in between. It's hard to explain. But anyways, when you had that, when you had it shut, they were, curved outward okay and it was like a it wasn't like a nice soft pliable mm -hmm. shower curtain so I'm, I'm taking a shower and all of a sudden this hand pop pops one of the curves inward and mm -hmm. I can see the handprint and it's a very large hand he was mm -hmm. 21 years old so I see this handprint and I'm like oh my god so I get like super shaky whatever and I open the shower curtain and I see my brother in the clothes he was buried in walk past the bathroom Whoa. door. I have goosebumps everywhere. Me too. So do I. So do I. <laughs> yeah. So he was, in you G saw his, I saw him completely, him. completely, completely. Like he was a person, like he was still there. It wasn't like see-through. It wasn't anything. It was as if he was just there 
walking past the bathroom door. And didn't he used to mess with you like that? He used that? to mess with me all the time. With the, he messed yeah. with me constantly. Yeah. Because like I said, he's my brother. Like that's what siblings do. Plus yeah. he was so much older than me. So there was just a big, like he would mess with me constantly. So what, and, did you see him leaving the bathroom? No, it was door. like he walked. He was his, outside. So is, it was as if he, outside of the door, it was as if he walked, walked through, through and, and, like, hit, and, and, and hit the thing and, and then walked past the door. So you watched him walk out. Yeah. Like, was that... And he was wearing the same clothing that... That he was buried he was in. Buried. So we didn't bury him in a suit or anything because that was not my brother. He was a drummer. He was a um, a radio DJ. He had long... It was the early 90s. He had long hair. Huh. He wore earrings. You know, he was, like, into, like, metal bands and stuff. And so he wore this, like, this plaid button-down with ripped-up acid wash jeans. Like, that's what he mm-hmm. was buried in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his, like, parrot earring with his long hair. <laughs> Everything. Like that's what he was buried in. So like I see him walk past in that plaid shirt and I actually bought a shirt because it looked so similar. This one right here. Oh yeah. Um, Cause it looked so similar to the yeah, one he was like- buried and this almost looks exactly like it. So I saw him walk past in this and was like, and I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared, but I got out of the tub, butt ass naked, soaking wet, like just dripping water. I grabbed a towel, wrapped it around me and I walked downstairs and I was like, mom, I just saw Jeff and he just, he just walked past the bathroom door and she was like, well, honey, sometimes God lets us see people to, you know, be able to say hi or to feel better about them being gone. And I was, I was really impressed by her just acknowledging the yeah. fact that it happened and not dismissing, and it. Not dismissing yeah. it, but I've just always wondered about that. Like, was that residual energy then? Like now that I'm hearing this, cause I know, I don't d- think so. I no. would say that is not because I have a similar experience, but, but a little bit different. I do feel personal, my personal belief is that your loved one will or can come back just to kind of check in and be like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm okay. And sometimes I think it tends to happen. It's funny that you say six months because I had an experience with my grandpa like that. And it was was six months after his death. Because I think it's kind of part of the grief process where you've been able Mm-hmm. to process it and accept it. Yeah. You obviously aren't moved on from it. Right. But you're at the stage of grief where you start to wonder, is he okay? Wherever he is, yeah. what is he like? Yeah. Um, and so I do think that they tend to come visit you at that time when you really need to know the mm-hmm. answer to that. And I think he came to you to do something that you would instantly know is it was it him. Was him. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. so he was able to communicate with you in, like we said, that middle ground. Yeah. He was able to do something that you would know right away is him. And mm-hmm. I think that does take intelligent, an intelligent spirit to be able to do that. But even mm-hmm. thinking of that, like, you know, your, your brother wasn't stuck there. It yeah. was like mm-hmm. that doorway opened up for him he was to, to keep, he kept moving to along. Come oh. Say hi to you acknowledge the fact that he's okay yeah he's somewhere that he needs to be and just to be able to say hey it's me you know and the fact that you were able to see him in a full body yeah I do think that you for sure probably have some type of uh, sensitivity going on that you don't probably don't even realize because Mm -hmm. there's probably thousands and thousands of people that will live their life and never once see an entire body of a person that is not there. Right. 
Yeah, that was the and, whole and where I was like, to see your brother. Yeah, I was like, he's here. Oh my god, he's here. And then I, I'm like, okay, no, he's not. Where did he go? You know? Yeah, it's so just, wild. Wow, that is that, wild. That's an amazing story. And 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 it's funny that you say six months because my I'll I'll make my long story short. But my grandfather, <laughs> <laughs> he passed away uh, of Alzheimer's. He he was. Oh, no. um, he was not himself in the end. Right. My grandmother took care of him completely the entire time. Yeah. Um, he couldn't form sentences anymore. Towards the end, you know, they they basically become infantile. Yeah. And so um, that was really hard watching him become that way when when he was such, he was a United Methodist pastor with a booming voice and a mm-hmm. Yeah, it, It's hard to see that. And so... Uh, he passed away, and I knew he was at peace. Uh, I went through the grieving process, but it was about six months after I was really struggling with the fact that is he still like that? Is he yeah. still not mm-hmm. able to speak? Is he still? Um, it, it was almost like he had chains on him. He couldn't mm-hmm. function. He couldn't um, communicate. He couldn't remember. And so, was he still like that? And I went to bed one night and I don't think I was dreaming. I know I was not dreaming, but he came to visit me in my sleep and I was walking. It wasn't a location. It was, I was just walking around a corner into a room and he was standing there at the end of the room with his back to me. And so he turned around and I was so excited to see him and he was known for giving the longest, tightest squeeze bear hug. <laughs> and so he came, I, I went to him and he came to me and we hugged for so long. Aww. And without communicating, we didn't talk, but in that hug, somehow he communicated to me that he's okay. He's not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Where he is, he's fine. And I woke up immediately after that and it was the most peace I've ever felt oh, wow. in my life. Oh, my gosh. And doing, thinking about that, I, I started doing a lot of reading and studying on after, like near-death experiences and afterlife mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. And one of one of the consistencies between all of these uh, near-death experiences and afterlife, one of the consistencies is that in heaven or after after right. death a lot of the times the people communicate it's it's not like how we communicate on earth their communication is beyond what we can comprehend with our human bodies so their communication tends to be um like whatever they're thinking or communicating is just kind of put into our heads there's yeah. no talking uh it, it almost becomes this i don't know this spiritual thing that just kind of goes into your mind with no words even needed to be said. And that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. when we hugged. Mm. It was so quick and it was not in any descript location. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing else, just him standing there. And it was like he was waiting for me because he had his back turned. Oh my oh. gosh, that's amazing. So it was I, just, I and I do think they come so at a healing. time when you need it. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I think that the one thing that, Scott made very clear to me in both medium readings is that he was made whole, that his, he kept telling her that his brain was not broken anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. 
I don't think you told me that. Yeah, he he told her multiple times, like to know that his that his brain wasn't broken. Basically, yeah. is what he told what he said, or how she interpreted it that he was made whole oh. and that um he's better now. It was he's better now, and he's like capable. Like he's mm-hmm. he's who he was meant to be. Right, right. That was that was like the <clears throat> that was the message that he kept saying to me both times, and so and I do. And you were probably struggling with wanting to know that too. That yeah, he, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And so then, he got the piece that he was looking for then. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I think that's what we want to know too, right. is that they're not, they don't have their chains. They're No, there's so much peace. I mean, and, and, and in that realm, we can't understand. Right. We can't understand why they're not sad. Right. But they're yeah. just not, they're sad for us. Um, in the second reading immediately, it was only like a week after my grandma had passed away. She came with him and she apologized for going before her time, even though she was older, it was sudden, but she was just like happy go lucky. Like she was very, Mm -hmm. you know, there was nothing that was, they both were, they're both, you know, they're, they're, they're apologizing to me, but they're not sad. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, I'm so sorry to you. Right. But you know, that sort I of thing. I think because there's a whole level of transcendence that yes. we can't comprehend with our, our human body really does bind us. And so yeah. until we get to that point and experience that whole level of transcendence, then we will yeah. realize that there is nothing to be sad about when that time. Right. Comes. Right. Right. We need to access the rest of our brains. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you get the bigger picture. We, we only have like a teeny tiny people. Like, I feel like that's right. all we can see right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's partly why a lot of people do um, get into paranormal investigating is it's kind of broadening that little people yes. to get to experience or expand your knowledge on mm-hmm. the afterlife or what, how spirits come across or even just trying to get their story. Have you ever encountered anything dark that you knew was not right energy either? And, and I, I don't even like, or like saying this word. Cause it freaks me out. I'm like, I'm going to invite them in but like <laughs> any kind of demonic presence or anything, instead of it being a spirit, but something that was there to try to wreak havoc basically, instead of yeah. just communicate. Yeah, um, we have experienced something like that. Uh, I think people always think of the movies, Hollywood movies, mm-hmm. right? Sure, sure. Where something can come across in that sense. But I think it, the the negative instances, we haven't been in a lot because I think partly we don't put ourselves in that situation mm-hmm. uh, just based off of the places that we choose. But in those situations, I definitely think it's more of a feeling that you get uh, talking about, you know, being an empath and, and walking into a location and every negative experience that we've had, you could walk into a place and feel it in a second. You Ooh. know, it just doesn't feel right. Do you So stay? it's a feeling you have. And, and it's funny because my team member, Danny and I, we tend to be very similar with what we see and hear and what we feel and we can walk into a location and typically they always start with a tour of the location where you get a little bit of the history a little bit of the hot spots and it's usually when it's still light out so that you can learn the building because 
a lot of times the buildings they're so big you, you don't want to get lost and so we'll walk through a location and danny and i will kind of look at each other and say no we're avoiding <laughs> this spot <Yes. laughs> like, this spot i don't know about this spot yeah. or we'll walk into a location and say this is where we're starting tonight yeah and it's basically just off of the feel that you get from yeah. the building but not everybody feels that or some of our other team members are more um, focused on other things or, right. or wanting to capture things. And, and so it really depends on you, but uh, there have been cases where it, and it can change in a building. It, it, it's not always feeling that way, but um, there was, there was one hallway in particular that Danny and I were in just us. And it was at Hillview Manor and it was a poor farm and then turned into a long-term care facility. Mm -hmm. And we were in this hallway and it just, it felt so bad that <sighs> it, it had to have been negative, uh, mm -hmm. not necessarily demonic. I don't okay. think I've ever been in the situation with a demonic spirit, mm -hmm. partly again, because we kind of don't put ourselves in that situation, but, uh, it definitely feels negative to the fact that they don't want you there. Mm -hmm. Ooh. They're not welcoming you. They're not um, making you feel good. A lot of the times they'll do what it takes to scare you out. And yeah. so in those situations, you kind of have to gauge, like, do we really want to be in this yeah. location where yeah. they really don't want us to be? Yeah. And it no. could just be one part of a location it could just be one hallway one mm -hmm. room and okay. you can come back six months later and not feel that way at all hmm. so a lot of times it's just trusting your gut mm -hmm. and how your body is reacting even physiologically to the feelings that the building is giving off wow yeah that is wild can you give us the most memorable experience you've had um <laughs> i I think one of the most memorable was my scariest moment that I said before. Oh, with oh the for sure. Scratch. Oh, yeah. That was definitely sure. very memorable. Uh, I'm thinking. Like, did you ever find anything interesting historically about someone or a story that, like, somebody said what happened to them or? The, the one case that kind of stands out for me is uh, we were at Grand Midway Hotel, which is in Wimber, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's not too far from here, but it's just a very memorable place in general because an artist owns it and he's a, a great guy and he really puts every ounce of his heart and soul into that building. And it's just very artistic and each room mm -hmm. kind of has its own theme. And so every time we've been there, there's one female spirit that comes through the box or on our recordings so crystal clear. And the story, the, the history, which has historical records, is a woman named Martha. And she was standing on the balcony of the building on the front on the 4th of July. And there was a big uh, picnic and like uh, there were so many people there and they were setting off fireworks. And, and so somebody put a firework down a pipe, a piping tube, and it exploded and metal shrapnel flew up <gasps> into the side of her neck. Oh my and God. And she basically bled out and died Whoa. standing there in front of thousands of people. <gasps> and Whoa. her name was Martha. 
And I feel like every time we go there, she comes through on the box so crystal clear. And um, sh I think we've caught her, what, what I believe, we've caught her on the recorder laughing and she interacts. And sometimes she comes through so clear on the box that we asked her what floor there was there was two different separate balconies, a second and a third floor balcony. And I we asked what floor that happened on and she said second floor. Whoa. And so she was just kind of coming through and responding to again us trying to figure out what happened in right. that situation. And and I just think it's kind of like that is obviously very intelligent too. She's very intelligent. Right. And her right. to be able to come through and let us know specifically because a lot of times we'll have our own little dialogue conversation like hmm, I wonder what floor she was on and then yeah. we'll mention it and <gasps> you know there's a response that that comes through and it's just kind of amazing sometimes to see the connection between us living our life right. now and the histor the history of the people and the buildings and, mm -hmm. and and even on the boxes too like um so Danielle and Jim the founders of our team they had a baby uh, like a year and a half ago. And we were at a couple different locations before she had the baby. And that was even before she knew the sex of the baby. And the box would come through and respond that she was having a boy. <laughs> it Did happened. she have a boy? She had a boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It happened a couple different times. And uh, even got an EVP that I think she, like we were having our own dialogue and she was saying, she just has the feeling that it's going to be a boy. And I caught an EVP of a woman coming in saying, that's because it is. <gasps> saying, that's because it is. And wow. so it was just neat kind of the dynamic of our own life. Yeah. That they know it's about. It's almost like intersecting and in this weird yeah, spot. Yeah. Very much intertwined in like mm -hmm. their life that we know about that we're trying to figure out through communicating with them. Yeah. And so I have a lot of very memorable moments, but I just think there's certain ones that kind of like that wow factor that yeah. stands out from um, it just being normal footsteps or things like that. And, yeah. And a lot of times too, my my native heritage plays a big role in being able to communicate with the spirits. A lot of locations, people feel that it's native spirits haunting mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. uh, there tends to be a lot of stereotypes with that. So it helps being knowledgeable on that. I think mm -hmm. it kind of gives our team a little bit of a leg up because yeah. of having, you know, those experiences and being able to see the differences. And, and so I do feel like that kind of gives me a little bit more sensitivity and a little bit more responsiveness from the spirits referring to me. And mm -hmm. I think it's always memorable too, whenever they call you out, Rochelle, I see you. And, and there was a location I was at where, um, I be like, this. I don't see you, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stop looking at me. I see you, but let me stop being scared so yeah, I can right. acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was in a location and I saw a blue light go by. It was the shape of a square and it kind of floated. I could see it through the window outside on the porch. It almost looked like a lantern 
somebody I think carrying I just have lantern. permanent body chills during this whole <laughs> interview. I can't. Yeah, sorry. That's Go what ahead. it's like. That's what it's like being somewhere. It's just full body chills all night. Oh my god! But um, we had the box going, and I said, "I just saw you. Can you see me?" And it came through Rochelle. I see you. <gasps> and so <laughs> sometimes I think it's always memorable when it's not just saying like "I see you," but Rochelle. Rochelle, I see you. Holy shit, Rochelle! Wow. And sometimes like asking the box for the spirits to come through on the box for that acknowledgement to know that they are intellectual. And, and a lot of times, depending on the location, our, our team might ask, um, our, te- our team member asked, who's the native here? And it said my name, Crystal Clear. And, what? and um, we were in a location nearby, Larimer Mansion, which is in Irwin. And that there was native history on that land and so I told a little bit of my story and I asked later what tribe I said I was and it came through as I think Aztec <laughs> which was what I was talking about and wow so, uh, any type of that proof that yes. they yeah. know you yeah. and they know more than you realize it is memorable as well wow it, it's hard amazing. to pick some of the most no i think those were great examples like really really great examples (laughs) Uh we are so glad that we were able to actually record this and hopefully it's recording actually recorded hopefully it's actually recording it says it is and hopefully well and we may hear other things as we go say listen carefully as we listen back Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this has been a real trip trying to get this thing to go like i shouldn't put a music bed underneath of this one and we should just leave it i think you should listen closely and see see. yeah Mm -hmm. Well, Rochelle, you got to tell your team. I went to Bethany College in Bethany, West Virginia, and it is extremely haunted. Yes. I have multiple stories from there. Oh. You guys should go and stay in the freshman women's dorms um, on campus and check it out because it's okay. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll try to reach out and see if we can. But yeah, I can't just- not mention this because I'm famous for this. <laughs> um, you are, though. It's Amy's first. No. So I went to Ohio University and I was on um, Fox and what was it? Fox family something. Anyways, haunt, most haunted places on earth. And oh. I was like actually mic'd up and shit. And I went through. You and were? Yeah. <laughs> you never told me that. I did, it's really embarrassing. It's she on looks YouTube. about 12. I look 12. It's amazing. <laughs> and what is that called? Fox's. I don't know. It was, on, know. it was on like Fox family, you know, that family, whatever. Yeah. And it was the most haunted places on earth. And it was an insane asylum next to this one dorm. So the, the asylum was one part of it. And the dorm where I went was another part of it. And it was, I, you know, I even called out the producers. I was like, I know you did that. And they were like, there was no one here. We didn't do that. So there was a <laughs> lot of things that happened on that video that I do still feel that were legit not just yeah. for the, for the yeah. TV, but yeah, so we both went to extremely haunted colleges. Yeah. Another thing we have in common. <laughs> I know. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us and thank all you of for your insight me. and experience and stories. So cool. And, you know, giving Sarah all the chills. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to come body. back on, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Come we... back on with us? Yes. Oh, definitely. yes. Thank Anytime. Yes. Yes, Whatever yes, you want to so, talk about. <laughs> yeah. And anybody who has Hopefully questions for have... Rochelle. Yeah, you can let send me them know. to us, and then we can do it on the next episode that we have her on. Yeah, and hopefully um, answer less your questions. problems with technology too. I know, Listen, man, that was that, that was crazy. <laughs> that was that was really crazy. 
bizarro. Thank you, Rochelle. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Production and editing for this podcast by Sarah Simone. If you have a topic around mental health that's been weighing on you, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. You can find lots of bonus content, including exclusive episodes on our Patreon at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. We are thankful beyond measure for your support there. Patreon and Google and Apple podcast reviews are how we can continue to bring you episodes just like this. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Until next week, warriors, remember to hold on. We're gonna make it. Hey.